Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. What's first in our heart? And this verse says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be provided for you. Seek to understand what is seek. It means to aim or strive after. First, in order of time or sequence, before I do anything else, first. Everybody, my name's Jerome. If I haven't got a chance to meet you yet, hello. It's nice to meet you virtually. And for those in the room, uh, if I haven't met you, I, you might know who I am because you're on the dream team. And, uh, but I, one thing I know for sure, if I haven't met you or if you know who I am or if I don't know who you are, God knows that there's 7 billion people in the world and he knows each one of us by name. To kick off 2021, we've been inspired to respond to the invitation of heaven. I don't know how you get a meeting request or an invitation, maybe the mail or an email and it shows up on your computer. Will you accept? But will you accept the meeting request that God wants to spend time with us because he loves us? First, I mean, when we wake up in the morning, you know, that temptation to go grab your phone. But first, God is saying, no, me, me, me. I want to spend time with you. Today will be titled Time in Psalm 7. We've been in the Psalms here. Today's the seventh Psalm. 21 days of prayer anywhere, taking 21 Psalms and praying and being still in them. You might see... We're on seven and you're like already feeling, oh, dang, I'm behind. Oh, no, no condemnation. Today's an invitation (laughs) and you're tuned in. So that means you'll get at least one Psalm under your belt today. My kids, they try to get my attention. And just a couple of weeks ago, our youngest of the family, the baby, baby Neo, he's like, dad, 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 dad. And he's so little. You know, and he's up to my waist. He's going to be taller than me because we're praying for that in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. And uh, he's like, Dad, Dad. And he had to keep going. He was like, Dad, Dad, Dad. Finally, he hit me in the stomach. He's like, Dad, I've been trying to get your attention forever. I stopped. I said, I'm sorry, buddy. And I got down. I said, you should never have to get Dad's attention that hard. You should never have to go that louder. I should have been listening. When we say, hey, God, God, are you listening? He's always paying attention. You're always on his mind. Everything you think about, everything you face, everything you can, he is with you. But I don't think we're trying to yell at God. I think it's quite the opposite. I think God's trying to yell at us. I think God's like baby Neil this year more than ever saying, hey, Jerome, 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 Jerome. 
hit you in the stomach. I'm trying to get your attention. First, I want to teach you something so that everything you do, you'll know how I do it, how I think, how my heart beats. Reminder as we get ready to go into Psalm 7, that the soul work is the slow work. When we get in Jesus Christ, we're brand new instantly. He forgives us. We're new creation, new creatures in God, forever forgiven, made brand new. But the work being like Christ is a lifetime journey. And this is why being a Christian is hard stuff. This is the only sport you take a week off and your, your jump shot is broke. You don't spend time with the Father. You're not spending time in the Bible, not spending time in community. Oh my goodness, we get off so quick. We're embarrassed to admit it. We're like, oh my goodness, there's so much junk in us. We're carrying too much weight. I believe there's a reset valve taking place right here, right now for everybody in the room, for everybody watching. There's a reset valve being taken, the pressure off right now that God is wanting to do all the heavy lifting to help get us in the zone with him. So here we go. We're going to get in the zone. I won't spoil it for you, but if you watch the movie Soul, it's cool. Disney, Pixar, they do a great job. And one of the characters talks about when he plays music, that it seems like everything else just fades away and he's in the zone. Right now, we're going to be still for a moment. I'm going to ask Torian to just pull down the keys for a second. And we're going to be alone with God. Practice being in the zone with him right now. Silence is good for our soul. We'll go to Psalm 7. We'll read along together on the screen. This is a, a psalm that David uh, wrote, and it's a prayer for justice. That instantly has some of us leaning on the edge of our seat. Okay, prayer for justice. The Psalms have been therapeutic for thousands of years for God's people as praises and prayers. That God is so amazing, we sing these songs, but we pray these songs. That's why when the worship team was singing, I was weeping. I was weeping because those songs are my prayers as well. They're modern Psalms, new songs. But these Psalms are timeless. We don't always need just something new no, it's ancient and the future. It's both and, not either or. But as we read verse one, that hopefully frames it for us better. Lord, my God, I seek refuge in you. 
save me from all my pursuers and rescue me. Or they will tear me like a lion, ripping me apart with no one to rescue me. Graphic? <laughs> Lord, my God, if I have done this, if there is injustice on my hands, if I have done harm to one at peace with me or have plundered my adversary without cause, may an enemy pursue and overtake me. May he trample me to the ground and leave my honor in the dust. Selah. Not, not all translations include Selah. What Selah is, is scholars don't agree on fully what it is, but the, the, the bait is, is it there for a musical like stanza to, to say a pause or a rest? Is it there for attention that you would consider what is being said? I mean, I, this week wrote down in my uh, journal, something along the lines of, like, I love the mystery of that. I love the mystery of Selah because it's definitely causing me to do something, whether it is for music or whether it's for my attention, it's definitely causing me to pause. So Selah. Rise up, Lord, in your anger. Lift yourself up against the fury of my adversaries. Awake for me. You have ordained a judgment. Let the assembly of the people gather around you. Take your seat on high over it. The Lord judges the peoples. Vindicate me, Lord, according to my righteousness and my integrity. Let the evil of the wicked come to an end, but establish the righteous. The one who examines the thoughts and emotions is a righteous God. My shield is with God. Who saves the upright in heart. God is a righteous judge and a God who shows his wrath every day. If anyone does not repent, he will sharpen his sword. He has strung his bow and made it ready. He has prepared his deadly weapons. He tips his arrows with fire. See, the wicked one is pregnant with evil, conceives trouble and gives birth to deceit. He dug a pit and hollowed it up, but fell into the hole he had made. His trouble comes, his trouble comes back on his own head. His own violence comes down on the top of his head. I will thank the Lord for his righteousness. I will sing about the name of the Lord most high. That one is the longest Psalm I believe we've started out this year. There's longer Psalms later. One of the bonuses of the Psalms or Proverbs, they're short, they're condensed and easier to get through, more palatable, because it's not about how much text we get through. It's not about quantity, it's about quality. We don't just need volume. We need something to hit us today. But this is rich from the very beginning and it goes all the way through. And as we go back into it, and then lastly, we'll close. I believe God wants to minister to us through this and through song to bring peace to our souls. Let's go all the way back to the beginning in verse one. Look at how this Psalm starts. It starts of somebody who's trusting God already. David, trusting God, Lord, my God. I seek refuge in you. Why does he seek refuge? Because he's being accused as a murderer and he's threatened for his own life. 
And what's interesting is you would think, because he already knows he's innocent, but yet in just a few verses, he's going to start examining his own heart, wondering, God, am I innocent? And what I want us to do right now is not project ourselves onto the text. The text will speak to us. Of course, it'll wreck us. It, it is timeless. It transforms location and age period in history. But one of the things we do instantly is we say, okay, I'm going to project what I want to see take place. What I want to project is how I want this text to go or how it should impact me instead of, that's why we're calling this time in Psalm 7, means I'm in Psalm 7. Psalm 7, I'm in it. Whoa, 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 Psalm 7. Hi, Psalm 7. What's up, Psalm 7? I'm in this Psalm 7. You know, it's Iron Man. You got the, the whole virtual, just picture a minute. You're immersed in Psalm 7. And we're immersed in Psalm 7, but we're not only in Psalm 7, we're under Psalm 7 because it's God's word. What we do is we're like, okay, this, is, this was my Bible. It's not. My Bible right now is just a computer. A lot of times I'll bring my physical Bible because I, I believe in the physical Bible. Um, I love the physical Bible, writing in it. But there's a digital Bible as well. And it doesn't make one better or worse. But, but if you take the Bible for a moment, what we do a lot of times is we want the Bible to be under us. Here's what I want it to be like. I want it to fit me. And when I read something that's really tough, the Bible then is not a highlighter of how it starts to highlight who God is and highlight how it wrecks me. We start to then look at it and say, you know what? I'm gonna use a permanent marker. I'm gonna start removing stuff that I wish wasn't there. <laughs> this word gets really tough. Because then you heard me say this before, but in that moment, it's not, uh, it's not God who's God, it's us who's God. The Bible should read us and it reads who God is, but it's over us and we're under it. So when we're in Psalm 7, we're under it. And so Psalm 7 is going to speak alone as we continue. David's looking for his own life because he's afraid he's going to be ripped apart. What? What's going on? And then it goes on in verse 3. You would think if he's, if he's innocent, and this is a prayer for justice, he should instantly be asking for God I want you to do what you do best. Change the situation right here, right now. God, I want you to change my situation right here, right now. If I'm writing the Psalm, that's how I think it goes. But remember, we're not in our Psalm, we're in Psalm seven. And look at this, it says, if I have done this, he first starts examining himself. This plays out in the New Testament. If you wanna approach somebody with sin, you, you gently approach them, but first you take out the log in your own eye. This is where Christianity gets really tough because I can see all the junk you got. I can see what's going on with everybody else. But first, have I examined myself if I have done this? That's what David's saying. If there is injustice on my hands, if I have done harm to one at peace with me or have plundered my adversary without cause, may an enemy, here's what he says. He basically gives God free reign. This is tough. <laughs> Giving God free reign and saying, hey, God, you can examine me. And by the way, if I'm guilty, just do your thing. May an enemy uh, pursue and overtake me. May he trample me to the ground and leave my honor to the dust, Selah. It's a good place to pause. God, I, I'm, I'm innocent. But if I have done this, let me know how I've contributed any way, shape, or form of this 
horrible injustice that's taking place in David's life. So much so that he's wondering, am I even gonna live? Am I gonna live? This individual says it's, it's, it's known as a Cush from the, a, a Benjaminite and is pursuing whoever this is, is pursuing David to the point to where now he's like, Lord, if I've done this, Lord, you're my God. May they kill me if I've done it. I don't know about you, but that's not always my first place is examine me. When we think of justice for a moment, this is huge. In our culture right now, everybody relates with, with this justice thought. And let me just show you why, why and how. One, racially, injustice, we've seen um, the compounding effects of what it looks like in our country that now continues to manifest itself and do a little bit of homework. I mean, one thing we could highlight, just injustice for a moment, thinking about in a courtroom that if somebody had committed a crime, if they're guilty, obviously, if you did the crime, you do the time. But what about if they're not guilty? What about if the system in place at times that, that then starts to disproportion individuals to be sentenced unfairly or not get fair trials, et cetera, and those things go all the way back for a long time. Now there's a lot of people that are behind bars that have done it, but there's also, this is where it's very, very, very grieving, people behind bars right now that hadn't. That's tough. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's injustice. If you are behind bars right now and you know you didn't do it, come on some rage what be so mad you start to understand and empathize why people would be screaming for justice because just in our country alone we make up five percent of the population go with me for a moment five percent of the population of the world but yet we make up 25 percent of the population of those in prison because it's been incentivized and it's been uh it's been like a way to to position people, primarily people of color, because they got to stay full. Now, but in the same breath, is, are we saying that there shouldn't be justice that, let's say a cop is now getting attacked because that, that his life or her life feels threatened because now they bear the, 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 the sword to bring judgment for somebody who's breaking the law. And then now their life is at risk. And then they're wondering, where is justice at? Well, see, now you're seeing both sides. And then there gets another more where our country's screaming out, was the election fair? People are wondering, was there justice? Four years ago, people were wondering with Russia, was there justice? Was this stuff, where's justice happening? And what I'm trying to get us to for a moment is, what matter what angles we're coming from, and those are just a few, few, few highlights just to touch on. Here's the point, is the concept of innocence at the forefront of how we think before we even think of justice? And what I mean is, Am I innocent before I want to see justice served? This is what David's doing. And from a gospel perspective, this is where it gets really tough. Gospel perspective, how many humans are innocent before our righteous God? How many? How many? I, I, I think there's a lot more the way I've been talking to people lately. I think there there's, has to be a lot more because our first thought is why everyone sucks and why everybody's wrong. No, I just, it's gotta be more innocent people. Because when I'm in this text, this is tough. This is David. This is why he's a man after God's own heart. He's like, man, just look at me, God, anything, if there's anything in me, get it out of me. This is tough. This is very tough because the concept of innocence 
through a lens of Christianity, no one's innocent. And of course, we want there to be right and wrong. We want there to be justice by all means. But this is the first series. So may our heart first examine what logs are in us. Amen. Let's, we'll continue this text. We're going down to um, verse 10. So David examines himself and what he says is here, he's threatened for his life. Let's remember that. He says, my shield is with God. And when I'm in Psalm seven today, if David says my shield is with God, what then should I say? My shield is with God. Friends, the church is on the offense by all means. We are on the offense. The the gates of hell will not prevail against us. We're on the offense, but how we fight and what we fight matters. And we're not fighting with weapons. We already have a shield, it's with God. We're coming, we're trying to deflect and then we get close and say, what's up, I love you. Hi, I love you. What's up, hi, 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 I know. You wanna hurt me? Oh, that's horrible. You wanna hurt that person? Oh, that's not cool. I love you, I love you. That's not a cop out. I think we need more people like, I love you, I love you. Hi, let's talk about this. Let's get, hang out, let's turn on the light. Because God alone is the righteous judge. We don't have to worry at some point. We wanna see justice played out today. Yeah, but we have a righteous judge and God will show and he continues to show his wrath every day. And then when we're in, um, if we don't repent, He sharpens his sword. He's strung his bow and he's made it ready. Those that are pregnant with evil in verse 14, they're conceiving trouble no matter what. They give birth to deceit. They dug a pit and it hollowed it out, but they fell into the hole he had made. What this starts to tell me is evil will at some point be exposed no matter what. I wanna be on the winning team. How, will we, how do we know we're always on the right side of history? We don't. One of the healthiest ways to know if we're on the right side of history is ask, God, am I on the right side of history? It's just as simple as that. And he has a way of calibrating and cooking and shaping and reforming. And look where the Psalm ends. And we're gonna, um, we're gonna be still. And we're gonna put this Psalm in our heart been going into our mind, but now we're going to start transitioning and asking the Holy Spirit through this prayer, through this praise, through Psalm 7, through David sharing his story, his response and how he moves with God in his prayer to see God ultimately bring his wrath, that he's the, the great judge. And here's how these Psalms end, which are so powerful. Psalms, they... Sometimes we can, uh, we can lament in them. We can grieve or even have sorrow. One of the lies of, of walking with Jesus is that everything has to be happy-go-lucky. I got Jesus. I got Jesus. Everything's great. No, I got Jesus. It's really hard. He will one day make everything great, but he's weeping with me now. Shortest verse in all of the Bible, Jesus wept 
when he showed up at Lazarus' funeral. And then to make him alive. That's what God does. He wants to make us alive. He weeps, but he doesn't want to leave us there. And our response is when we spend time with God, this is what happens when we start to take out that log, when we spend time with God. I will thank the Lord for his righteousness. Not mine, not yours, but his. I will sing about the name of the Lord most high. We're not singing about your cause. We're not singing about my cause. We're not singing about what we think is right or wrong. There's only one that we know who is right and he's perfect and he's true. And when we enter his praises, when we sing about who he is, we're then getting aligned with what matters most. So here's the invitation as we close, okay? There's a lot happening this week. I don't know if you knew. Inauguration of a new president or even speculation, will that happen? I mean, there's so much going on. I read downtown, they're already bordering up things because they're worried about protest. And in those moments, do you feel safer? Just by me saying that, do you feel safer or do you feel a little fear and anxiety? Just which one? Be honest with you. A little bit fear and anxiety, right? Let's, oh, it's hey, fun. Let's talk about what's, you know, all this drama's going on in the world. Remember David, drama going on in his life. Matthew 10, 27 and 28, it says, what I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. What you hear in a whisper, proclaim on the housetops. Don't fear those who can kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. Rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Friends, look, you're right. That brings fear and anxiety, but you know what? doesn't is how awesome God is and how great God is and how he's the ultimate judge. And we are not going to fear anybody or anything, nothing, but only God. And that's a, that is a tough word. That's hard when you're living alone. It's easier in these moments, but that's the truth, friends. Does that mean we're going to just kind of go willingly, hey, kill us, you know, do anything you can. I mean, no, we're not. But, but at the end of the day, Hey, if you get us, you got to answer to God. Are we living with that kind of conviction? This, um, yeah, um, it's interesting because that Matthew passage I just read, the backdrop is in Isaiah, in Isaiah 12 and 13, it says, do not call everything a conspiracy that these people say is a conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear. Do, do not be terrified. You are to regard only the Lord of armies as holy. Only he should be feared. Only he should be held in awe. All right, here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna invite Tina to the stage. This song wrecked me this week. If David can still say, I thank God when he's fearing his own life, no matter what fear we face right now, bring it all out in your own heart. Bring all the fears, all the hurts, all the worries, all the frustrations, all the pain, all of 2020 that's trying to carry into 2021. And you start saying, no more, not today. And here's the good news. You don't have to figure it out. You just gotta say, God, I trust you. The song showed up in my uh, time, my devotion time this week. And it's called Still slash peace. And ultimately, David's perspective started to change and he was still and he had peace. 
And I believe as Tina sings this song, she's singing it over us. That you can just receive it. This isn't one you sing along with. You could read the words or you could just listen to the words. But it paused me during my moment because I felt like God was saying this. He was like, Jerome, 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 just trying to get your attention. Be still and have peace. I pray this ministers to us today.
all races, all faces, and all ages. And we won't stop until he makes all things new. Have the best day of your lives, y'all. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.